Channel 4 Studios in Dallas and Fort Worth. This is News 4 Texas at 6. Well, the people in Minnesota sure feel like they've been victims of crime. We have stolen their hockey team. Hello and welcome to the Norm Green Still Sucks podcast. This podcast will go into detail the Norm Green curse and Minnesota sports failures since 1992. Let's get to the episode. Welcome back to the Norm Green Still Sucks podcast. I am your host, Jay Rhodes. And this is my co-host, Froves. How are you doing today, Froves? Hey, you know, chilling out. Having a good day. Um, want to? Uh, I'll take a second. Obviously, this does not air as frequently as live television, but want well, c- congratulate Joe Biden and uh, appreciate that uh, he's the new president of the United States and uh, enjoying or excited for the new presidency. So, just want to put that out there. Anyone who doesn't like it, don't follow us. It's fine. Yeah, there we go. Or do. I mean, we don't talk politics that much, so we're going to be talking sports. We're going to be talking hockey, football, basketball. Um, yeah. So either way, follow us. Don't follow us. We we like the we like the follows, so stay with us if you can. If you can't, um, follow us on Twitter, and we won't talk about it there. But this is Episode 7. Episode 7 is titled No Goal. It is 1999 Stanley Cup Finals, Dallas Stars versus Buffalo Sabres. So before we start, we once again need to cheers. So let me get my beer ready. All right, today's cheers is going to go out to Hammerin' Hank Aaron, who passed away today. Rest in peace to Hank Aaron. Baseball legend, sports legend, broke many barriers, home run king in my mind. Yes, absolutely. Cheers. Cheers. So, yeah, so Hank Aaron had 755 career home runs. Only second to Barry Bonds was 762. And we know the asterisk that follows along with Barry Bonds and the possible juicing and everything else that went on in that era. Um, But he was the one who broke Babe Ruth's record that held for quite a long time. So, Hank Aaron, you will be missed. He uh, just got the COVID vaccine, actually, um, but he had passed away just recently today. Yeah, uh, Hank Aaron, we can't even speak to what he didn't. He didn't just mean that much to baseball. He meant that much to sports. Um, What Hank Aaron did, I mean, his dad told him straight up when he said he wanted to be a professional baseball player, he said, there's no black people playing baseball. I mean, to to continue to just strive and do what he did in the league, it's it's amazing. It's it's something that it's more than cheersable. Like, thank you, Hank Aaron. You you did something for the sports industry and sports in general in America that uh, at your time was not even foreseeable. So. Yeah, exactly. So cheers to Hammer and Hank Aaron. Um, so while we are doing this episode, we actually are going to be watching some hockey too. 
I am watching the Minnesota Wild versus the San Jose Sharks. And Froves, who are you watching tonight? Yeah, I'm watching the uh, Kachina jerseys go against my uh, Las Vegas Knights. Oh, man, they're wearing Kachina tonight. That's awesome. Yeah, it's it's a little bit nerve-wracking if you want to bet on the game. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. Um, you know, only in places where it's legal to do so. <laughs> Which should be everywhere. Just let Which should happen. be Minnesota. Should be introduced in the House shortly, hopefully in the Senate after that. Hopefully Minnesota can get sports betting going um, sometime soon so we can all have fun betting on our teams and then realize how bad it is to bet on our teams. Yeah, you don't bet on your team. <laughs> Rookie <Really> move. <laughs> <laughs> well, you do it first until you realize how, how bad of an idea it is, and then and then you actually start betting the good underdogs, and then you're not your team, and you start betting against your team, and then you're really torn on having your team win or not. Oh, and then you start overthinking bets, and then you start betting different ways that you wouldn't bet them. I'm not going to go into it. It's, just a, yeah. it's a very deep thing for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right now the wild are starting to the second, just got done with the first intermission. Um, this game brings back Devin Dubnik and Ryan Donato, who went to the sharks in the off season. This is their first game against Minnesota. And now it's back in Minnesota. And this is another good thing. So it's been 325 days since a game was played in XL energy center. March 3rd, 2020 was the last game that was played in XL Energy Center. So it's good to see hockey back in the state of hockey. Um, oh, Cam Talbot just went to the dressing room. He is out. Okay. That's not good. But March 3rd, 2020 is the last time hockey was played in the XL Energy Center. It's good to see hockey back in the state of Minnesota finally well, again. Let's talk about that because the last time – that hockey was played in the XL Energy Center, we were supposed to be there. Yes. Yes, we had tickets to go to the XL Energy Center for those games. So that was uh that was kind of disappointing that we weren't we weren't able to make it to the game that was scheduled that got canceled um in the XL. So Yeah, we can actually talk about like so this we had plans to go Obviously, but if you're listening to us, you know by now, Jay Rhodes is a wild guy. I'm I'm a Las Vegas Knights guy. We had Las Vegas Knights versus the Wild in the XL Energy Center, and we literally were sitting at the bar when we watched that game get canceled and the season get postponed. Yep. Yeah, we were looking forward to it, and we're sitting in a bar playing bingo trying to figure out if we were going to be going to hockey or not. And they canceled it on us and they ended the season to restart in Canada for the bubble. So, yeah, kind of crazy. Um, another thing here. So Dean Evison, the coach for the wild, here's, here's a little bit more of a coincidence on these games. He used to play for the sharks. So he played for the sharks from 91 and 92 and 92 to 93. After the 93 season, he was traded from the Sharks. Froves, do you want to know who he could have been traded to? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I didn't know this story. He was traded for a six-round pick to the newest formed Dallas Stars in 1993. He went to our team. Talk about coincidence. Wait, So no. he got traded to the year that we lost the North Stars and they went to Dallas. He played 
for them the first game in Dallas. So, and now yeah. he's leading our team for the 20th season at home. That's that's just nuts. Like how <laughs> yeah. how that actually gets to like <laughs> like how it circles back that e- that's just nuts. Yeah. yeah, it's just like one of those things where you can't like you can't predict anything like that. But yeah, so the wild head coach, former San Jose Shark, that was traded to Dallas in the 92-93 offseason to play for the Dallas Stars in the 93 season where it was their first year in Dallas. And I think he played a couple seasons with them. He didn't last that long after that, I think. And he went to Europe and went on after that. But now he's a head coach, and hopefully he can keep the Wild going. They are 3-1-0 and right now. Your your Vegas Golden Knights are 4-0-0 and and absolutely steamrolling who they've been playing so far. So All we do is I know win, you watch the win, games. Win. I know you can talk about them. <laughs> Dude, all we do is win. It's uh, we got two great goaltenders. Like the, I, I actually don't have much to say. Like the team is good. Like it's, I don't have any complaints. They, like I, they play good, and you know what? For the last game, they look good because the last game they wore the gold jerseys, and Flurry was in net with the gold pads. That was amazing to see. That that looks perfect. Flurry in the gold pads with the gold jersey is. I mean, I know Flurry being there, maybe he's not going to be there the whole time. Maybe he is. He probably will be with this year with the way the schedule is. But I I like the gold on gold. It's it's tacky and it's all Vegas. It's So there is, yes, gold on gold. Love it. Can't wait to see the red when we wear the, the retros. But I just want to point out something that it, this is a Vegas thing. It might be a Pete DeBoer thing. Um the goaltender situation is starting to get weird because it is. Yeah. We were, I was watching, um, or I was looking at, uh, Sinbid, which shout out to Sinbid. Fantastic coverage of Vegas hockey. Um, they're going through lineup and basically the Panda was not on the list as even a goaltender. And now I'm watching right now and the Panda is goaltending right now. So, it's he started. Yeah, he's he's in there. Number ninety is in net. So that's so weird. Like they've done that a couple times. Where like I know Minnesota has had, um, like when Kapanen, I think when he started, they didn't have uh, Talbot listed as backup. I think when they do that, they're just trying to make sure that like even if it turns into like a pounding, they don't want their starting goaltender to have to do relief duty. So they probably put in their third or their emergency as their as their backup for those lineups. But for Vegas, like you would think that like every single night Flurry and Leonard would be on the the lineup card. Well, it is weird. They listed it as Flurry and then Dansk. And Oh yep. Now Dansk probably wasn't even dressed. Well yeah, now the guy who who's running the show <laughs> is the panda. So <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's kind of odd. DeBoer's really screwing with, uh, or trying to screw with people when it comes to uh, his goaltenders. So, mm-hmm. you know what the craziest thing with your with your knights right now is your your captain. Why? Why? What's crazy with our captain? He's on fire. So here's a stat: since he was named captain, only the fourth player in NHL history to register a point on. 
four consecutive game-winning goals to lead a team to 4-0 start. So every single one of their game-winning goals, he scored a point on. As a Vegas Knight fan, I'm, I, I don't get surprised <laughs> at this stuff. So, Yeah, he got a goal the first game to take a 3-2 lead, and they won 5-2. He got assist to tie the game and go to overtime, and he got the assist on the overtime game winner in game two. Game three, he got the assist in the third period to take a 3-2 lead. They won 4-2. Game four, he got a goal and an assist to take a 3-0 lead where they won 5-2. Like, he's winning the games almost by himself. I, I, I It doesn't surprise me. I mean, I guess yeah. this guy is – it's there's a lot of people that when you know hockey, you understand how good they are. But, man, if you're just a casual person who's watching hockey, you don't know Mark Stone. And Mark Stone is probably one of the best hockey players in the league right now. Yeah, and he's showing it. He's definitely showing it. So, yeah, that's that's my pregame talk right now for these games. Um, Still 1-1, Minnesota-San Jose. Kapanen's still in. Dubnik's still in. So, nothing going on here. Let's get to the episode. So Dallas Stars ended up first in the Western Conference. Buffalo Sabres were seventh in the Eastern Conference. So they just barely made the playoffs to get in. Dallas defeats St. Louis and Colorado. Buffalo upsets Ottawa, Boston, and Toronto. So we have the matchup there after they make it through their own type of teams. We get to Dallas. So the Dallas roster, I mean, they're pretty much – Solid all-stars at that time. They have North Dakota alum, Tony Herkick, North Dakota alum and ex-North star, Craig Ludwig. Ex-North star and now Dallas captain, Darian Hatcher. UND alum, Ed Belfour was the starting goaltender. Eddie the Eagle, I loved him. He was my favorite goalie. I loved watching Belfour play. Like, I was a fan of him when he was on the Blackhawks. And also when he went to Dallas, yeah, Blackhawks. I'm getting good at saying that. It's okay. Don't laugh at me, man. No, uh, man, I actually – so when doing research on tonight's episode, because I remember the game. I remember the goal, but uh, yep. I did not actually – I would. I guess I didn't put together that Ed Belfour was still on this team. Um and yes, Ed Belfour, like it was weird because he was Eddie the Eagle, which kind of made sense when it was when he was a Blackhawk. Yep, because he had like the Eagles face mask and stuff like that. Yeah, he never gave it up. So <laughs> Yeah, still had the same logo and a green a green helmet with the Blackhawk logo, but it worked. I mean it was it was pretty cool to see. But so so him he had uh Belfour. Their third string goalie, so this is – I found this one out to probably be kind of funny, was Manny Fernandez that year. Uh, yeah, that actually – I didn't know that. <laughs> another another fun coincidence. So Manny Fernandez is the third string goalie for Dallas in that 99 season. He plays one game for Dallas. Then he gets traded from Dallas to Minnesota for a third and a fourth round pick and basically becomes the face of the franchise for the newly acquired Minnesota Wilds um, for many years until Dwayne Rolison comes around. Wait, 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 did you just say Dwayne Rolison? 
NHL All-Star Dwayne Rollison. Yes, I said that. He lost his starting duty to Dwayne Rollison. Dwayne Rollison. (laughs) I'm very curious as to how many of any people that listen to us know who Dwayne Rollison is because I will be completely honest. I don't know who Dwayne Rollison is at this point. Well, if you, if yeah, and, and you don't follow the wild as much as, you know, probably most of the people listening here, but if you're a wild hardcore fan from 2000 on, you definitely know Dwayne Rollison. He, yeah, also on the stars roster. So Aaron Gavey, he was a Minnesota wild. He got traded to them in 2000. So another player that Dallas sent to Minnesota for the expansion, um, expansion draft or expansion season. And then they had their cool jerseys that year too. Like this is the first year, actually second year. This is the second year that they had the, the full star jersey. So they finally went away from stealing the Minnesota North Stars last year jerseys and made their own jersey. And I think it was probably one of their best jerseys that they've had you know, besides the current ones, because the ones in between were just horrible for the stars. Yeah. I, 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 there is a part of me that I cannot actually argue against most of their jerseys. I actually kind of like a lot of their jerseys. Um, but yes, when they moved to this new Jersey, it was fantastic. So I agree with you there. Did you like the Mooderous Jersey? I so here's my <laughs> here's my stance on their jerseys. Their jerseys should have been completely changed once uh, they moved to Dallas. They should have turned blue instead yep. of green. Like they have no no right to use the green. Like there's nothing green in Texas. Yeah, use your Dallas. Cowboys star basically and use it that way like there there was a correlation like as far as the stars go to Dallas but yeah I I, I'm not ever going to agree on any of the jersey situation but they've done some decent ones but man it's it's just not they they basically made the Minnesota North Stars they made them the Dallas North Stars which Dallas isn't even in the north so it's kind of ridiculous yeah, that's true. Speaking about jerseys, the Wild just cut to their uh, stands right now. So what they're doing is they uh, all the jerseys they used to have up in the rafters in the club lounge area, they have put them out on the seats for display. So it looks like every single high school hockey team is represented in the stands uh, for this game. So I think that's like really cool. I can see the East Grand Forks one right there. They got the old green jersey with the red E out there. So I think that's a really cool thing that the wild did to make it kind of unique for the state of hockey. No, that's fantastic. Like there's, I will criticize like, cause I'm not a big fan of the wild. Actually, I'm not a fan of the wild at all, but like, man, stuff, some of the stuff they do is very classy and putting those high school hockey jerseys out there. That's classy. Yeah. And they have a couple like uh, cutouts too. So like if there's, They've been trying to get, like, players' faces, like, current players for the team. Like, there's a Warroad uh, girl that's out there on there. There's a guy for East Grand Forks. And they're actually trying to put the cutouts for the first two rows, at least so far. Maybe they're going to try for more afterwards. But they're, like, representing all the actual current high school athletes. And what was the one they cut to? Well, the one they cut to was actually in Lakeville. So they cut to this girl in Lakeville North. Let me see if I can get her name on here. 
it's coming up right now. I think it's Skyler. Yeah. So Skyler Vetter is the goaltender for the Lakeville North boys team. She's two, one and oh this year with a 1.67 goals against average. So she's playing on the boys team and she's committed to the university of Minnesota already. So that's pretty cool. Oh, absolutely. Like that's fantastic. So props to you, Skylar Vetter. You are kicking butt and good luck. University of Minnesota. You won a gold medal with the 2020 U18 team. So props to you. Girls hockey is strong in the state of Minnesota also. All right. So, Okay, so let's go back to this Dallas yeah. Stars. Um, another person on the roster, we might know him as Mike Madonna. <laughs> I think you've heard of him, right? Uh, yeah, so I actually kind of wanted to go into this a little bit. Like, I don't want to go on too much of a diatribe, but for this episode, this is kind of a weird one for me because I actually have good friends that are from Buffalo, New York. And <laughs> shout out to everyone in Buffalo, New York. Man, you guys kill it. You guys... The, go yeah, Bills. you're the best fans period like <laughs> bill bills yep. mafia go sabers like you guys kill it so this one very because we know how they feel yeah this is heartbreak for both sides yep um but yes brett hall mike madonna i i mike madonna's Probably one of my favorite. It might be my favorite hockey. Uh, he might. He's close to my favorite hockey player of all time. It just is what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so as far as uh, this team, how they were made up, it sucked because it was people. You can't root against this team. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Like I think that. It's hard. Like, even though you have hatred for them, like you can't root against them because you have players like you have Madonna, who was the franchise of the North Stars. And now he's like one of the big guys in Dallas and he's leading them to a Stanley Cup finals. Like you can't there's part of you that's just like good for him. Good for him. Kind of like the KG thing, kind of like every other player that's left Minnesota that's won a title. You're like, good for him. It sucks, but good for him. He tells Gordon Bombay to go get it. Exactly. He had a good cameo in the Mighty Ducks. So that's uh, definitely a feat by Mike Madonna. He was drafted as a 17-year-old as the first overall pick in 1998. So there's one Minnesota draft pick that was first overall that actually worked. I'm looking at you, Timberwolves. I'm talking to you right now, Timberwolves, because you guys are bad. You guys are very, very bad. They are 3-10 and 10 and currently second to last in the NBA above Detroit at 3-11. and 11. Remember when they were 2-0? and 0? Remember that episode we were talking about the Timberwolves going on fire and being 2-0? and 0? Yeah, the Timberwolves have cool jerseys. That's, that's, that's my comment. <laughs> that's all we can say. <laughs> I, I think, and I don't want to say it, like I don't, I don't wish any ill will to him or anything like that, but I, I think the coach is getting fired. I think it's going to be pretty soon. We're going to be saying um, goodbye to. Okay. So this, I love that you brought this up because I would love to speak about this. (laughs) Yep. Go for it. This is Minnesota at its normal. Like flip Saunders, I believe is a fantastic coach. Yes, definitely. So let's hire his son because Flip passed away, and that's a good thing to do. Because he died. 
Like, what, what the hell are they doing? Like, <laughs> and the fact that he doesn't get fired will probably because he's his son. Yeah. It, it, if it was anybody else, they would have got yes, fired. It's by absolutely now. ridiculous. Um, I it, there is. I am not throwing ill will on Flip Saunders' son or Flip Saunders. I love Flip Saunders, but this is a little yep. ridiculous. Like, we need to move on. We need you have the players now. If you can't get it done, get someone else. Exactly. Like you have draft picks, you have you have number ones, you have talent to make a competitive team. We're not talking about winning a you know finals, just a competitive team, like somebody that can beat. I don't know the Utah Jazz, where they don't allow music. It's not that. Yes, exactly. Back to the basketball references. I like that. The Timberwolves are, yeah. the Timberwolves so are a joke. Yeah. Like we, I, I want to put this out here. Like yeah. this is a joke of an organization. Like they have the players. Like these players, they have so many intensely good players. Like you got people that basically, if they were on LA or hell, if they were on Cleveland, would probably win more games. Like, get your shit together, Timberwolves. Like, you have the players. Fix it. Yeah, Ryan Saunders should probably not be a coach going into February. And I don't think it would – I think it would be 100%. He shouldn't be a coach going into January 23rd. (laughs) That's true. That last loss that they just had was – horrible i don't remember how much they were ahead but they were ahead by a bunch with like five minutes left they let the game slip away they get a chance so here's what happens they get the inbound and the timberwolves say i can't i don't know names i'm sorry i don't follow the timberwolves but whoever got the inbound got fouled and he had like a career like 48 percent free throw uh percentage if the timberwolves would have called timeout as soon as he got the ball they could have inbounded the ball and give it to whoever they wanted to to shoot the free throws to put the game away. Instead, this kid misses both his free throws. They come down and shoot a three to win the game at the buzzer. You win those games. Every single basketball team knows how to win those games, except for the Minnesota well, Timberwolves. Let's, and that's why he should be Let's fired. not talk about how LaMelo Ball actually is lighting it up. <laughs> and if he was on the team, we will <laughs> We probably have four more wins, but I wish I could say that, but I don't know. I don't, I don't trust his coaching staff at all. Like they have the talent. They're just not. That's doing totally fair because especially with cat, like, I mean, cats, cat might be one of the yeah. best basketball players in the league period. Well, he did it. He did it COVID for a little bit, which man, that guy's got the worst luck in the world. His whole family pretty much died of COVID, and then he gets it all. Yeah, that's rough. And actually, no, that's a good thing to bring up. Um, we should absolutely, hey, just a moment for Cat. Hey, we're we were we were yeah, we were just bagging on Timberwolves. Like we don't want this season is going to be like the fact that he's still playing this year is absolutely a testament to his ethic and his drive. I mean, nothing I could say bad about Cat. Well, absolutely, ever. and we should. I I feel like. As as this is a Minnesota podcast. That's why it falls on the coaches, 100%. But let's take a moment for Kat and his family because that's something we, we've acknowledged yeah, people. 
like throughout this podcast that have lost people and I don't I don't believe I mean did did have we acknowledged cat's passing or cat's parents passing or his mom passing have we done a moment of silence for that I don't think so I don't think it's been all right let's do one yet. now so let's take let's take about all right. yep to cat to cat All right. Okay. This is this episode. It's <laughs> so dark. I mean, COVID is COVID is still here. Like we're talking about depressing Minnesota sports things. Like they're kind of one and in the same. So it's it's this is still it's still relatable to everything that we're talking about here. So um so let's talk about Madonna's rookie season with Minnesota. He got absolutely robbed of the Calder trophy in nineteen ninety. So Calder Trophy, you know, goes to the, you know, best rookie, best first year in the NHL player, um, you know, looking to go to Kaprizov is I'm still going to roll that train for a little bit, even though he hasn't done anything in a while, but uh, Kaprizov could be the next Calder Trophy winner. But in that year, he was looked, he was one of the finalists. Um, but at Madonna was 19 or 20 years old. I don't know exactly how old he was. He got beat out by 31-year-old Sergei Makarov, who had played in the KHL for 12 years. So they considered him an NHL rookie. After that, they set the age limit to 26. So Madonna should have won the Calder his first year in Minnesota. Hey, but if you put far. it this way, though, Madonna changed hockey just based off of that. So, yes, hundred percent. I mean, he he made a rule like there's a Madonna rule now because Madonna didn't get the Calder. Um, and a 13-year veteran in the KHL did. Yeah, no, it's 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 absolutely ridiculous for one. But but I mean, I put him I put him on the uh, the Minnesota hockey. What do you want to call it? Uh, Mount Rushmore, Madonna by far, hundred percent. Dude, he was in Mighty Ducks. Yeah, he is the Mount Rushmore. Him and Gordon Bombay, and that's it. <laughs> that's all we need. We just we just need two in this Mount Rushmore, and that's it. That's all we well, need. Well, do we have any more? Like, I mean, and I say we loosely because I'm not a Minnesota fan, but like, does Minnesota have more than two? I mean, well, Herkut, uh, yeah, Broughton. You got to throw Broughton in there. Yeah, yeah. That was, what was that? Those, the, that was the uh, poll that we had. We had Manny Fernandez, Neil Broughton, Mike Madano, and uh, Gordon Bombay as our four best. But that's it, though, right? There's not like a like yeah. Oh, yeah. fourth or a fifth is like distant. It's super distant. Unless, unless, yeah, I mean, unless you're gonna throw like, in Brett Hull, like which. Brett Hull never played for Minnesota, so I don't think you can throw him in there. But you could throw him in the stars. I, which that's not what this podcast is about. Yeah, so. the franchise. No, this is Minnesota. Yeah, exactly. So, but Brett Hull is a good uh, next one. I was going to be talking about. So he played his first year with Dallas after being with the Blues for ten years. He played college at Duluth. So there's a Minnesota tie to Brett Hull. He played for University of Minnesota Duluth. Scored 52 goals in 1986. He's the fourth highest in the NHL with 741 goals. 86 goals in 91, which is the third highest in the NHL. Same season, the North Stars had their cup run to the finals. 
And that North Stars team actually beat Hull and the Blues in the second round. So he's definitely has his uh, experience with the previous Stars franchise, and now he's with the next Stars franchise in Dallas. Two-time Olympian for Team USA, his dad, Bobby Hull, also a great hockey player. Um, the thing with Brett Hall is they he played for Team USA, but he's also a dual citizen. So he was born in Canada, but he was born an American. So he I'm born to uh, his mom is an American figure skater, I think. So he was given U.S. citizenship when he was born in Canada. So there's a lot of people that like kind of say that oh he's not he's not the best American born hockey player because he's not born in America. It's like, well, here's the thing. He would have been born in America if it wouldn't have been the off season because his dad played for the Chicago Blackhawks, Chicago Blackhawks in the and U.S. Be, and it, wait, and the wait, only reason he was born disclaimer, in he is, this is an actual team. That is their actual name. We are not, we are not infringing yep. on name. So, no. okay, go on. <laughs> Exactly. That's exactly the name. It's not the Chicago hockey team yet. So they're still the Chicago Blackhawks. Um, but he was born in Canada only because it was the offseason. And that's where his dad lived and where his dad was from um, and stayed there during the offseason. So if he would have been born two months later, he would have been born in the U.S., in Illinois, would have been U.S. born. And there would have been none of these Canadians that try to take take Hall for themselves or say that, oh, he's not not an American-born player, so he can't be the best USA player. No, he's one of the best USA players to And, and to I'm not going to try to sidetrack too much, but is so you say he's one of the best, which I agree with 100%. Is he the best, or who is the best American player? American-born yep. player? Who? You know, I've had this discussion with some of my uh, coworkers before, and I can't remember like what we went off of, but there's been a few off of that. Like Hull is definitely up there, hundred percent. I mean, you have to put uh, once again, you have to put Broughton on there because he's done it all. He's won an Olympics. He's he's won a national championship. He's won the Hobie Baker. He's got a Stanley Cup. He's he's won in every aspect of hockey. Now, I mean, NHL best NHL born player. You're probably looking at Hall. You're probably looking at Madonna, Messier. Um, that's, it's going to be a short list. Yeah. He would definitely be up there. He would definitely be top three, top four. Yeah. I think I would go with, um, I mean, Hall would be there. He'd definitely be in the conversation. I think I'd definitely go Madonna first, but, Oh uh, no, it's it's definitely an interesting list. I mean, Zach Parise even deserves to be on the list on that one. So, would you disqualify somebody that hasn't won a cup? As far as or does do as they far have as to being the best like American player, I actually would exclude the cup thing. I, I guess that that wouldn't matter to me. Um, okay. So like so like Jeremy Roenick. Yeah, could absolutely. Be in this then, so. I agree. And Jeremy Roenick's okay. a fantastic yeah. voice to actually put into this. Yep. Keith Chuchuk. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You can definitely get some. You know, Leach. I don't think did Leach win a cup. I don't know. I'm not sure. Chelios. 
Chelios definitely. Yeah, I mean, born. there's a lot of great American-born um, players. Yeah. Like, I, I just the first person that I think of American-born, like, just I guess because he was captain of the Team USA for so many. I mean, he. I think he was captain for Team USA for. Well, when they brought back the NHL players, I think he was captain both times. Yeah. So uh, mm-hmm. Mike Madonna is just. I mean, he's. He's a man, so. Mike Madonna, yeah. What do you think about current? Who would you put on your current best USA player? Like, would you have to go Oshi? Oh man, you're putting me on the spot in this one. I, man, this that one is. I tough. know it's tough. It's um, tough to even think about it right now, because Oshi's Oshi's got a cup. He's played for a couple different teams. He's he's won an Olympic medal. Um. Yeah, I, Parisi. I mean, he's still current. He could definitely be up there. He's so. What about Patrick Kane? Oh, that's a good one. US? That's a really good one. Currently, yep, it's a good one, right? Yeah, yep, I think that, that could, could definitely work. totally work. Um, as probably one of the best current ones. Crazy. Um, I don't really have that. Yeah, because he's from he's from Buffalo, right? Yeah, Kaner. Oh, there's a fight. Oh, it's over. That wasn't quick. That was a pretty quick one. Oh, speaking about Kane. We're also playing against Evander Kane, the guy who has yeah, no money. Yeah, the guy who's... Because <laughs> he's went bankrupt. Yeah, no one likes him. <laughs> That's great. Okay, let's get back to Buffalo and Dallas. So, Buffalo wins game one, 3-2 in overtime. Dallas wins game two, 4-2. to two. Dallas wins game three, 2-1. Two to one. Buffalo wins game four, 2-1. Two to one. Dallas wins game five, two to nothing. So now we got game six. Your Letton in scores for Dallas in the first, assist by Madonna and Ludwig, both ex North Stars. Stu Barnes ties it up one to one, 90 seconds into the second period. Then it's over. Then it's a goalie battle. Ed Belfour for Dallas, Dominic Hoshik for Buffalo, the dominator. Probably the flashiest goaltender in NHL history. I am what do you think so about happy Dominic you Hoshik? asked me that because I was going to ask you how you feel about him. Um, Dominic Hoshik is the most careless goaltender I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, <laughs> I love this take. I love this he, take right now. He is not the type of goaltender I would ever want on my team. Like he, he doesn't have discipline he just flies all over the place now does that mean it didn't work yeah hell yeah it worked i mean i watched it work but no dominic hashik that is not the type of goaltender that i want goaltending for my team i want someone disciplined like i want someone who is not making amazing saves like he's making normal ones because he's not out of position dominic hashik was out of position all the mf in time on purpose. Oh, absolutely. Like. I agree. <laughs> yeah, he was insane. I mean, you go back to like the fundamentals of goaltending and you, you look at a like a Robin Leonard or like a you know Vasilevsky or something like that, and like anybody that's a top goaltender league right now, they're very, very boring because they're in position, they know where they're supposed to be, they know where the puck is going, they're pretty much in position to make most saves unless it's a a tip or a really good pass or something like that. You got somebody complete opposite as Dominic Hoshik. 
that is literally out of position at all times and for some act of God saves it every single time. But I would not want to be a Buffalo fan watching those games because like you, he'd give you a heart attack in the first period. You wouldn't know if you're going to be down. Oh, seven I agree or 100%. Three. Also like, so, I mean, anyone who likes that type of goaltending has to be like, I don't know. Are you on life support? Like, I don't know how you do it. Like, <laughs> He brought a certain excitement to the NHL, though. Like he brought in fans, hundred percent. I mean, I'm derailing all the time on this episode because this episode is a fun episode to derail on. But what about the jerseys (laughs) that year for Buffalo? I love those jerseys. I have actually a Dominic Hoshik jersey from, well, not from that year, but with that year's style on it, with the, um, with the Buffalo and the swords and. The S and yeah, I, I hate those. Jerseys I hate great. those jerseys. Those were good for Buffalo. Absolutely hate them. <laughs> I don't like that. They went to the red and silver and black. Like it's. Yep. Did not like glitter. it. <laughs> Hated those jerseys. Like Buffalo, like, like I said, I have a soft spot for Buffalo in my heart and I hated those jerseys. Like I like the blue, like, I don't know. It's <laughs> just my opinion. Yeah, no, definitely. So they go into the second. They don't score any goals in the second. No goals in the third. Tied one-to-one going into overtime. No goals in overtime. Go to double overtime. No goals in double overtime. They go to triple overtime. Okay, I know what you're thinking now, Froves, because this is 1999. We're not a few years out from the 1996 Game 4 Colorado Avalanche versus Florida Panthers game. But that game was tied 0-0, zero to zero, so a total goalie battle. Patrick Waugh versus John Van Beesbrook, the Beezer. What do you think about the Beezer? 96. Oh, man, you want to get me started on the Beezer? Like, he's one of my favorite goaltenders of all time. Let's man, go. I, I, I remember staying yeah. up. I, gosh, man, it was I, – I can't remember how late I stayed up. Like, so watching late. a team that was so absolutely going to lose. <laughs> the the Florida Panthers were going to lose yep. to the Colorado Avalanche. It was going to happen. Like it's not not a thing. But I still watched because the Beezer was like, man, the saves he would make. It I I can't speak enough good things about John Van Beesbrook, man. I think he actually still calls games. For the Florida Panthers, which I will be completely honest with you, I did not know was still a team about seven years ago. But <laughs> <laughs> they haven't been relevant for a but while. Yeah, so no, yeah, nothing, nothing I can say bad about the Beezer. Yeah, so Van Beesbrook, he was a Ranger, and this is how. This is another. I love these twists that I can find these stories that go back into everything that falls into place. So John Van Beesbrook was a Ranger. He was traded to Vancouver because New York could only protect one goalie ahead of the 93 expansion draft. Vancouver also had protection worries, but they left Beezer unprotected on purpose so that they could save their goalie. And Beezer was taken by Florida after a coin toss where the Anaheim Mighty Ducks gave the Florida Panthers the first pick in the expansion draft. yeah. So here comes all of our ties. This is the Mighty Ducks, That's the 93 wild. expansion Mighty Ducks. 
this is the team that could have been Minnesota. This could have been Minnesota's expansion team. They could have got John Van Beesbrook, who had the, I know I'm stretching here, but who had the great overtime, triple overtime game, which goes back to the three years later, another triple overtime game. I'm pretty sure that's the only two that they've had in the Stanley Cup Finals in quite a long time for Dallas to go into this game and stuff starts getting tied in together. Van Beesbrook also got 21 wins with Florida, which tied the Minnesota North Stars' Cesare Managios record for most by an expansion goaltender. So he shares a record with the Minnesota North Stars expansion goaltender. Insane. It's not just insane. It's just kind of weird. It's weird. I love the stats. (laughs) Yeah, it's just odd. It's just odd, odd coincidences that go in. Because Beezer had 55 saves. Wall had 63 saves. 44 minutes of scoreless overtime. But the Avs won the game and the Stanley Cup. Yeah, John Van Beesbrook reminds me of... uh, Well, actually, in my sports history, like what I... How I idolize certain sports figures, he's Byron Leftwich to me. Because I remember John Van Beesbrook, like, just making saves all night long against the Colorado Avalanche. Just a workhorse. You saw yep. people just truck Byron Leftwich onto the field somehow. Yeah. <laughs> Carry yeah, him to the I, second down marker. I, I mean, that's that's my correlation. I don't know why it is, but it's like just resilient athletes. Like that, man. They just never give up. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. Great goaltender. Great goaltender. So, let's go back to Dallas and Buffalo. Belfour versus Hoshik, triple overtime at fourteen fifty one. Brett Hall scores the winning goal, assisted by Lettinen and Madonna. Madonna got the assist. Really cool thing to, for, to see him on the scoring stat book for the final goal to win it overtime. But this goal had controversy, and looking at it First many off, times, and I looked at it a little bit earlier today. Give me a today, second. Ha! <laughs> this goal had controversy? No, oh. this goal <laughs> might be one of the most controversial goals in all of NHL history. Like, <laughs> this goal had controversy was such I mean, a like, downplay of what this goal was. <laughs> but no, go on now. <laughs> all right. So anybody who hasn't seen this goal or doesn't know about this, there was quite a bit of controversy in it. The way it goes is they shot it from the point, ended up coming to Hasek who made a stick save. It rebounds back to Hull. Hull is very, at this time, very close to the crease. Hull backhands it into Hostick's glove. At that time, he enters the crease. The rebound comes back to Hull again, and he plays the puck ahead with his foot outside of the crease, with another foot in the crease, to his forehand, which is in the crease, and puts the puck in the net. The only explanation that I have seen that calls this a good goal is one of the analysts said that a rebound does not change possession. And therefore, since Hull still has possession, his skate can enter and exit the crease and the puck can enter and exit the crease without it being considered whatever it was at that time, goaltender interference, or I don't know. They've changed the rule a couple different times on how they call it. But at the time they're saying it should have been a goal, but 
everybody in Buffalo says no goal. Um, everybody for the Sabres. I mean, probably half of the NHL says no goal. And even talking to Lindy Rupp, he had a great uh, exit interview when he was talking to the fans, and I'll play it here for you guys. I'm going to leave you with two words. Be the final two words for this summer. No goal. So Lindy Ruff, no goal. That's what he says right before he leaves for end of the year. And he actually ended up coaching so Dallas. I love so Lindy Ruff. And I absolutely love the Buffalo Sabres. And I love it. basically every team that comes out of Buffalo. But how do you feel about it? Do you think it was a goal? Road dog, like what? Where, like you need to put your flag down, be a guy, be a, be a not a politician, and actually give me give me what you got. Do you think it was a goal or not? I will give you my answer too. So the way I look at it, it does not look like any contact was made to the goaltender. So I don't think there was any disadvantage to Hasek at that time, except for the fact that he was Dominic Hasek and he was laying out like a starfish like he normally does. And I thought he was going to get the scorpion kick. Like I thought that was going to be another wonderful save. That's probably going to win them the game that he was going to scorpion kick it and save it. But it went under his pad instead of over his pad. I think it's a goal. I don't think anything was done enough to the goaltender to cause a disadvantage. Now, maybe by the actual ruling, I don't know what it was at that time. I can't remember if it's just anything in the crease like it is now. Um, but I think there were a lot more lenience on the crease violations back then. And I think this is what led to them changing the crease violation rules. So I, think I agree 100%. Um, I know it's an unpopular opinion, but it was a goal to me. I, I don't see how it wasn't otherwise. So I don't think it would be a goal this year. But I think at the time, and the, at the time when the league was and what the rules were, it's a goal. It does. Because right now, I mean, the way the NHL is, like you can hit a goalie and then come out of the crease and then play the puck and then go around the net and circle around the net 16 times and then shoot it in, and they'll review goaltender interference from like six Which, minutes Which, and back then, I mean, if, if you believe it back then, that's all it matters <laughs> because that's the time we were living in. Yeah, you can only well, go Rose, I want to bring up something. So, I mean, we've – I mean, I don't know how much you want to recap on this particular subject because, quite frankly, this kind of sucks. Like, the North starts winning after we, after they were gone. Um, Dude, this this digs deep. Like, this is like okay. So they get rid of the team. It's like somebody stabbing you in the back. The fact that that team wins a cup significantly after they go is like somebody takes the knife out, stabs you six more times, and then just like turns it to the right. And also by like, so think about how sh- With our players. Dude, with think our about players. how much shittier it is too, because that it's one thing to, uh, maybe this is just me, but the fact that they beat Buffalo actually pisses me off more. <laughs> Like if they beat Detroit, it would be a whole different story. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck ever? <laughs> yeah, they got they got pretty much a bye. They got the number seven seed in the East, Buffalo. Great. I want to know what happened with that Buffalo Detroit game. Like, how the hell did that happen? 
how the hell did Buffalo beat the 99 Detroit team? Yeah, I, I, I don't get any of it. It's it's not it's not something that I'm super stoked about, <laughs> obviously. That's not what this podcast yep. is about. We're not excited ever. <laughs> no, no, this, this is all sad stuff. Or as we as Jersey, but but yeah, I mean, but it's you, but you're still it's still torn though because it's still Madonna, it's still Belfort, it's still Hull, it's still these guys that like well, that you idolized when you grew up. Like they're still just because they're on the team that used to be our team or they're on a different team or something like that. Like you still have like a little bit of it. Like you're kind of rooting want, for them, so it's really tough to. Be, I want to like, be very clear about because they what left. Road Dog just said there though. It's not. Belfort is not because he was one of our guys as far as his professional career. He was one of our guys no. because he was in our collegiate career. Yeah, he was North Dakota. But no, I, I, I get Madonna there. Like Madonna winning a cup is great. Like I I am angry at myself at times that I'm so pissed off that they won because Madonna's my guy. Like, I mean, that's the guy. Yeah. So fun fact about this. Do you remember uh, growing up in uh, in my house, my parents' basement, that big TV that we always had? Oh, yes. That huge, like, big screen TV. It was, like, six feet tall and, like, five feet wide and, like, 16 feet deep. Yes, I remember that. It probably weighed, like, 300 pounds. Yesterday. thing was sick so that tv i won off of a bet with my dad for this stanley cup really yeah so when the season started me and my dad had a bet that if the stars made it to the stanley cup finals because i was a stars fan because of madonna and belfour and you know there wasn't really much other teams to to go off of at that time that i clicked to but I, we were looking at the TV like all summer anyways, and I'm sure he was going to get it, but it just he was being cheap, so he didn't want to buy it. But I told him that if the Stars made it to the Stanley Cup finals, that he has to buy the TV for the finals. And damn, they made it. He was good on the bet. We watched the finals on that TV, and it was crazy. So props to my dad for uh, following through on a bet on a probably at the time very expensive television and an absolute beast that I, I remember they had to take the stairs off of our basement so to get it downstairs. I will give you my best memory of that TV or my main memory of that TV because it's <laughs> it's relevant. Yep. Um, the biggest event or like main reason, like, because I remember that TV. I remember it. it's huge. Like, but it's like old school huge. Yep. <laughs> it's not like some thin thing. Yeah, like kids kids nowadays, it's not like a thin TV. This is this is a picture tube TV that was a big screen. So it was like 40, 50 inch TV screen, but it had to have so much stuff in the back of it. Yeah, it was so I remember like my deep. biggest memory is basically 9-11 when it came to that TV because that was the year that uh, the Patriots ended up winning the Super Bowl and I watched it at your house. Yep. Um, on that TV. Yep. So... <laughs> That's yep, yeah. It was the place to be for watching watching anything at that time because it was 
I mean, there was not many TVs that were around like that. I'm pretty sure. So yeah, I, I, wherever we got it from, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I don't know how it worked out. <laughs> Probably as Sears. far as you getting that TV, but like, man, I remember watching <laughs> the Patriots beat the Rams in that Super Bowl the year of 9/11 on that TV. So. Yeah, so we got we get the doubt. Da- we're talking about the Dallas Stars winning a cup, and you bring up nine eleven, dude. Can you make this episode any more depressing? <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> can we talk about? I mean, you talk about the Patriots winning the Super Bowl. You're like, oh, you remember nine eleven? I'm like, dude, we're gonna go there. <laughs> well, I could bring up the past four years of the presidency, but I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so 9-11, huh? How do you think? <laughs> oh, man, that's going to be a drop. I'm going to use that drop for a few other episodes. It's like, so what about 9-11? No, so, It'll just be like the normal So I actually transition have, so between topics. Since we were, we kind of got a lot of what we're, we're talking about, I mean, in. Yeah, they, they won the cup. Like, spoiler alert, Dallas won the cup. They completely crapped on our parade of not having a hockey team by winning a cup before we have before we have a hockey team that's the biggest thing is like this happens before we have a team like as of right now minnesota has no team they have our team they want a cup and yeah that's yeah that's, I mean, the story. Uh, that, that's, that's literally episode. the episode that is exactly what this is <laughs> um but no let, let's i knew this i mean I'm trying to figure out ways to end our episodes on a little bit brighter of a note. And with when this episode will actually air, uh, I have I have a brighter note. What is everyone making for Super Bowl? And what is your favorite Super Bowl dish? Like, what, what are you going to do for Super Bowl? Okay, so on Super Bowl... When I will be watching, this is just a prediction, I will be watching the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who hopefully beat the Green Bay Packers, against um, the Kansas City Chiefs, who Patrick Mahomes just got cleared. So he is cleared for action as of today. Um, Right now he has a toe injury, so I'm guessing he's going to play. So I'm saying I'm, Bucks I'm versus gonna, Chiefs. I'm going to give you a pause eat. for a second um, just because you called Chiefs. Yep. So I'm going to Go say, ahead. hey, 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 <laughs> let's go, Buffalo. Hey, let's go, Buffalo. Let's go, Buffalo. The Bills make me want to shout. Let's go, Buffalo. Call out to the Bills fans. <laughs> yes, I I want the Bills to win. I want them to win so much, but I don't think it's going to happen with a health well with a mostly healthy Patrick Mahomes. But if the Bills make it, who I'm all for a Bills Buccaneers uh, Stanley. Oh, I'll be wearing my Bills, Bills hat and uh, my Bills jersey. I'm ready to go. Let's go. Let's go, Bills. Bills Mafia taking over. So for food, um, I definitely do mozzarella sticks. That's a that's a given. I'll make a couple different kind of wings, and then I'll probably go with my go-to uh, personal pizzas with the muffins on them. 
Those yeah, are always good so for I don't know if you know this recipe. It's fantastic, and it was actually so. This actually was brought up by. I would call her probably our number one fan because she actually listens to every single episode we do. But she brought up that we should bring up Super Bowl foods. And her biggest thing was buffalo chicken dip. I 100% back her on it. (laughs) Yep. It's so good. I love that. I love that idea. Buffalo dip is great. Yep. And it's easy to make, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, chicken, Frank's Red Hot, some Cream cheese, yeah, it's fantastic. Cream cheese, yeah, yeah. You can't make it wrong. Like you can just throw stuff together, and just be like, oh. oh and by the way, you good. can actually order matter. this at a <laughs> restaurant. No, no ads. We're not, we're not advertising. But uh, Hooters actually has this dip. So Hooters, shout out. Uh, Do you get to pick no, the sauce? They use Frank's Red Hot. It's just like it's like little. Okay, well, because I was gonna say like you know like they're like yeah. super hot. It's like atomic or something like that. Dude, that sauce is amazing. Like that sauce is Dude, uncomfortable. You know my feelings about that place. Like it's okay. I... Yeah. I... <laughs> Shout out to Hooters. <laughs> I mean, it's been a while since we were there because it's been COVID and stuff like that, but we need to get back to Hooters sometime. Maybe we can do perfect. an episode at Hooters. Oh, that'd be fun. <laughs> we can go live at Hooters. <laughs> oh, I'd be all for that. We could do a Hooters episode during um, some game or something like that once. You know, we can actually do that for longer than 10 minutes. Well, do you remember last time we were at restaurants Hooters? in Minnesota? Yeah, it was before we went to the went to the concert. Like we did the most completely opposite of what COVID was all about type of night. Like we were in the packed <laughs> packed arena with thousands of people elbow to elbow. And do you remember what concert that was? We went to see Lonely Island. On a boat. We were on a boat. On a boat. On a boat. We were singing. We were singing. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a hell of a show. And it was great too. Like um it was uh Oh, we were at the armory. Where the heck was it at? I can't remember the name. Oh yeah, we're at the armory for that. Yeah, that was insane because they had all the bars on the side all open. So like we didn't have to wait for drinks. It was so quick. Yeah, that was uh, that was definitely a fun concert. Yeah. So other than other than those two things, what else? What I mean, Super Bowl food. Like, I mean, this episode's going to come out right before the Super Bowl. So yeah, definitely. So we yeah, let's go hot takes, takes on like best Super Bowl foods. type of foods. Um, what you got? Like, yeah. Okay. I ha- let's see. So. I got a hot take of Super Bowl foods. Let's go into the. Oh, I love queso. Queso. I love doing queso for Super Bowl. I love that because it's like you can just eat it for like the entire game. It's always ready. It doesn't get cold because it's just sitting in the crock pot. Um, also, crock pots, little Dude, smokies. You stole mine. That's a <laughs> I swear classic I was going Super Bowl little food. smokies, man. 
Those are legit. Um, hmm. What I would be like, underrated? I, I, I go with tacos. Like Super Bowl food. I don't feel like people talk about them as much, but man, tacos work. Oh, yeah, like yep, exactly. Yeah, like a taco bar or something like that. That would be sick. Yeah, that'd be good for, for Super Bowl. Um, Let's see, underrated Super Bowl foods. How about um, um, I'm drawing a blank right now. Let's see here. I, well, I, well, yeah, obviously. No vegetables. This is a no vegetable party. Um. <laughs> oh yes, dead on. Pigs in a blanket. Dead on. Pigs in a blanket. Now that's legit. That's legit. Love Bet. that one. <laughs> Bet. <laughs> mhm. Yeah. Definitely one oh, of my, I love pigs my top tens but, for wait. Let's for go. Let's go in depth with pigs in a blanket because I I'm a connoisseur, so like I kind of get picky about this stuff. So when it well, I mean it's pigs in a blanket. Not Gordon so you Ramsay. can't be Gordon Ramsay on pigs in a blanket, really. But <laughs> uh, maybe, but like I don't so know. He might hot dog or like little ones. Like the little uh, Smokies. Because I don't like the full full hot dog ones. That's not my deal. So it depends. What I need to do, and for me it's different. Like if I use the full hot dogs, I don't have to be as like decisive with the bread. But if it's the little ones, they have to be completely wrapped. Like on the sides too. Like it has to be almost never... like, a, like a burrito. So like it takes a lot more effort to do the the ones you're little almost smoky, convincing I, like, I me to do it differently. That sounds amazing. It's so much better because you get so much more bread, and then like the first bite isn't just all hot dog, and it doesn't like squirt grease all over you. Like it absorbs into the bread. So like if you make it like completely like wait, I don't know. Wait, like you a, do like it a like with burrito, the little smoky, like, like a tiny you burrito. Still squirt grease. Like I've never had that. Well, I mean, it's, it's different because it's like, I don't know. I like the bread to meat ratio to be consistent at all times. But like usually that first bite is mostly mostly a little smoky. So like, if you can have the bread to go all the way around and like evenly toasted. That first bite is probably the best out of all of them. If you don't just eat it. Yeah, I, long, I, I, which, I can't you know, agree with you do. on this one. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like it's not a little <laughs> smoky if it's just a little smoky. If it's a hot dog, I'm 100% on board with you because that's actually my beef with when people do like the full crescent roll with the full hot dog. I know, no. Oh, full hot dog. No way. It has to be cut up. Even if it's a hot dog, I still cut it up. I cut it up into like three pieces. I agree with you. Yeah, I've never done a full hot dog. Those people are Nazis. And and by the way, (laughs) if you have any opinions, well, and if you have any opinions then why don't you on Pigs in a Blanket, please hit us up at Norm Green Sucks Podcast. Well, <laughs> we, yeah, exactly. we have our opinions. Them. You guys give us yours. <laughs> yes, exactly. And, you know, if you have pictures of your Pigs in a Blanket that you've made before, go ahead and send us pictures because we want to look at See what the bread to I would actually like to know dipping is, sauces too. That's pretty important. Because I'm pretty standard ketchup guy when it comes to pigs in a blanket, but I would like to know if people are using other stuff. 
I've seen people use mustard before. I am I'm a ketchup person for it too because I live in the Midwest and ketchup and ranch are only two condiments pretty much that we use for everything. Um, Cause I just use ketchup on hot dogs too. I know people are say that that's sacrilegious if it's just mustard or whatnot, but I put ketchup on my hot dogs. I'm not going to you know, be scared to admit to that, but I mean, you could do, I don't know, like a ketchup mayo mix, like a special sauce. That wouldn't be bad. Fry sauce. Cane sauce would be good. That would be awesome. Um, Chick-fil-A sauce. I would like that. I wouldn't like mustard. I couldn't do mustard unless it was like maybe like a Dijon mustard or something like that. I, I like your out of the box sauces. Those are those. I like that idea. Something different. Well, and Something I'm always going to go with a cane sauce. I mean, that's fantastic. I mean, cane sauce is just. Yeah. Yeah. I can just. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. Just eat that stuff on its own. But like, so okay, I like the pigs in the blanket idea. So, what else would you think? So we've gone tacos, pigs mm-hmm. in a blanket. Maybe uh, would you do? I mean, we talked about little smokies, but would you fancy up your little smokies a little bit? Like, I've had so I had a Super Bowl party where I fancied up my little smokies and wrapped them in bacon and rolled them in brown sugar. Like, is that something that you'd be down with, or is that just too over the top? For me, that seems too over the top. Like, for Super Bowl, I like making food, just like the commercial where you can set it and forget it, and then just, like, not have to deal with it ever again. And I don't want to do too much prep, because there's six hours of pregame that I want to watch. And then during the game, I don't want to have to touch anything or put anything in the oven because I want to watch. So you're all about the wrong guy. Every single second of the game, <laughs> so I can't. <laughs> I'm all about the Ronco guy. Like if I can put it in a crock pot and let it cook for the entire game, I, I I'm also game with that. With that. But mm-hmm. and then like some of the stuff we'll make like at halftime. Like we'll make the muffins and wings usually at halftime to have. Well, as, do like, you have? Well, do you have any uh, secret um, recipes or recipes that you use for Super Bowl? Like, I'm bringing all this up because this episode's going to air right before Super Bowl. So let's let's get all the food stuff out there. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I have secret recipes. Like, I I'm pretty basic. Like, it's it's going ketchup. And like onion powder in with the little smokies. The queso is going to have meat, cheese, vegetables. The the wings, like I'll make different kind of sauce for my wings. Like I've made my own homemade sauce where I'll have like sriracha and barbecue and Frank's Red Hot and stuff no, like how that. About, how about nothing, the wings? Like what? So obviously it was the Frank's Red Hot. Like that's a normal thing. But like what are the other ones you do? Um, so I've done a honey sriracha before. So I've done like a bunch of honey and then of course, sriracha sauce and then some garlic powder on it too. And I've done, what else have I done? I've done some, some kind of bourbon barbecue where I got like this really good, uh, barbecue sauce to put on it and then cook it through there. Done the normal Buffalo with the Frank Red Hots. I've done Buffalo Ranch, where you put ranch with the Buffalo sauce. 
yeah, nothing. I mean, nothing like the Buffalo Wild Wings flavors where it's like Asian zing or something like that, where you don't know what the ingredients are. So, Ooh, Kaprizov just tried a between the legs hey, shot. What's the score of the game? So Vegas is at one one. Okay, uh, now we just one went right down now, now actually, because it looks Minnesota like. Leads. Well, Arizona's kind of screwed now, though, because we don't let up more than two goals, and they just scored two goals. So, good luck. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. There it is. <laughs> good luck for the rest of the game, Arizona. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I did you see yes, Dallas I did. has fans it, today. It baffled me. <sighs> that pisses me off. Yeah, Dallas of all teams, they're the ones who missed the beginning of the season because they had seventeen people test positive, and they're going to have five thousand fans in the in the game today. Yeah, you can edit like, you this insane? out if you would like, or do you just not care. But Dallas is also a place where Ted Cruz is a center in that stupid ass state. At this point, and I mean, it, it, you should expect it at this point. Like, it's just uh, you should expect stupidity when your leadership is just it, when your leadership's Ted Cruz. I'll just put it that way, and that will be it. You can edit it out, but no, I, mean, I have no issues saying that. It does seem to go hand in hand that the teams that have gotten you know, the hit the hardest with COVID and hit the hardest with quarantines and everything like that are coming from cities where there's not much regulations against COVID. Like, I'm not saying that's a coincidence. I'm pretty sure it's directly related. And if Minnesota can go the whole season without missing a game and maybe make the playoffs because they made more games than Dallas did or so than Colorado did or – you know, whatever. I mean, the West is kind of, there's a lot of teams that are in the West that have very strict COVID guidelines. So we're pretty equal in that sense. But if there's some team like Arizona, Arizona is not really that, that strong on COVID regulations. If they start losing, missing games and we make it because of them, I'm all for that. I, I don't, okay. (laughs) I'm going to try to temper my response. Um, I don't like going against uh, the host of the show, but Rhodes, um, the one thing I do have against that is I actually would rather just have everybody be at full, full strength and just go at it. Like that's the fairest way to play the sport. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying that I would, you know, wish it to happen like that. But if it happened to be that way, I wouldn't say no to it. I mean, I guess like, <laughs> I mean, the, I mean, we talked about the asterisk, but that'd be a pretty brutal yeah. asterisk. Yeah, exactly. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. It would be one of those things where it's like, well, you kind of want a Stanley cup because half the teams were up for COVID. <laughs> but I mean, the players still play, they're going to play to win every game they play. So, you know, uh, Cleveland had, what, seven people out of their roster, and they still beat Pittsburgh two weeks in the a row. Cleveland win against the Steelers was the greatest I've seen maybe in football. 
such a good game. That first quarter, that first quarter, I was just like, they're going to do it. They're going to win a goddamn Super Bowl. They're going to do it. This is happening. This is, this is like fate coming back to them. And like part of me was just like, well, if Cleveland can win, maybe we can win. Maybe we can win. Come on, Cleveland, let's go. And that's why Buffalo, it's like Buffalo is like one of those, one of those cities that like, they don't win. They don't win championships. They're, they're cursed like Minnesota's cursed. And if the Bills win a Super Bowl, maybe there's a chance for Minnesota. Maybe, well, I would maybe like, they can lift their I would curse like and we to can remind. lift our curse. And, you know, I don't want to come down to a kick, though, because Buffalo misses a lot of I would of kicks like to playoffs, remind you. And I'm that, terrified for um, that. I did comment on this with our account that first off, let's not jump on, like, it's not going to, it's, let's not get crazy. Put it that way. Like, second, if Buffalo <laughs> wins, it has nothing to do with us. It has nothing to do with Minnesota. Like, we still have Kirk Cousins as our quarterback. He is our quarterback. That it will continue. We will go on to next season, and uh, we might be good. Kirk Cousins is not a bad quarterback, but nothing has changed if the Bills win, I guess. is <laughs> where where I'm going with this. But let's also remember the Bills aren't going to win. Like the curses do not just end that easy. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. It's not just like just one game and it's like, okay, we have the savior of Josh Allen and it's over. Well, no. wouldn't it be normal have some hard games and hard roads for Josh Allen and the Bills to play the Bucks and then Tom Brady beats the Bills again? Wouldn't that be like a normal storyline? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Buffalo would just be all the fans there would just be like, we gotta play this guy again. We finally get him out of our division and out of our conference. And now we still have to play him in the Super Bowl, our probably most important game of our yeah, franchise. Yeah, it's, it's it's just not normal. Yeah, it's 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 just in Tampa that, Bay. I could just see it happening. It almost seems like that's what's gonna happen. That is scripted, yep. Uh, Stephon you know who the Vikings Diggs, don't who have is anymore? part of the Bills. No, I actually Correct. do not do you know, know who that. they don't have as of today? Offensive coordinator Gary Kubiak has retired. Uh, good. I, I guess I... I, <laughs> I mean, it's not bad. I mean, I don't think... I don't think Kubiak's the offensive coordinator to win us a Super Bowl. Will we get one? He's won a Super Bowl. I'm not saying it's... He's won a Super Bowl. Yes, he has. But not for us. He has not shown any type of sign that he's going to win us a Super Bowl anytime soon. Now, they're saying that his son is going to take over. Oh, the enemy. But what if we get Eric Minamini? If the enemy comes to uh, Minnesota, that'd be fantastic. But he should come as a head coach. I said it. Head coach, yeah. But and that's the thing too, like all these head coaching positions have already been filled, and you thought that he was gonna be the first one to get a head coach position. So I don't know. 
I don't think he's going to come to Minnesota. I don't think they could ever pay him enough to come to Minnesota, but I'd love to see him as our offensive coordinator. And then, you know, halfway through the season, he could take over for, uh, for as head coaching duties too. I'd be fine with that. With Minnesota. I mean, for me, I, oh man, it's, it's hard to give my opinion on this damn team because I I love Mike Zimmer. I do not think Mike, yep. Mike Zimmer is the problem. I don't. I never will. But I also am a firm believer in if you keep doing the same thing and get the same results, like, I mean, that's the definition. So... I don't know. I guess that's kind of, yeah, it's exactly what I feel about Mike Zimmer at this point. Like, I just, I don't dislike Mike Zimmer. It's just, we're, we're not doing it. We're not winning. And that's the same thing with the wild too, is they've changed coaches now to Dean Evanson and, you know, not saying that the predecessors before him, I mean, your ducks dude, you know, was a winner. Like he took every team he played with, he, he got them as a winning team. Yeah, he didn't. Finish. But like, he wasn't the guy that was gonna get the Wild a cup. And sometimes you just need to change it, just to change the, you know, attitude of the team, and not be stuck in yeah, a rut for twenty five years of being the A seed every year. Yeah, Bruce Boudreaux. Oh, I love that guy. <laughs> he couldn't finish. He was a good coach, but he couldn't finish. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's the sixth offensive coordinator in six years for the Vikings. So, like, you talk about, like, not having anything solid. Like, this team doesn't have, like, an identity yet. Well, because they've had different offensive coordinators. And when you every have, year. well, and when you have Since different defensive coordinators every year, 2013, the only way you can actually, like, push through that is to actually have a offensive, I don't know, presence from your head coach. Which they don't have, yeah. So it's it, yeah, it will be one mind. thing yeah. if their head coach mm-hmm. was an offensive coach, but he's not. So it's it's just a mess every year. So, yep. That's not All right, Roach. Regardless, we should probably end this podcast because we've gone. Well, we're we're way way we're over. Getting, we're getting high on the episode right now, so uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're pushing. We are pushing the longest episode in history. So yeah, uh, thanks everyone for listening. This was episode seven of the Norm Green Still Sucks podcast. You guys got to make sure to follow S-U-S. us on Twitter at Norm Sucks Podcast and follow us on Sux, not Sucks, Sux. And follow us on Instagram. Check us out on Facebook groups. Also, shout out to my mom. Today's mystery question is going to be, what color is a can of Coke? So you have to text that answer back to me so I know you listen to the whole episode. Because I know you listen, but I don't know if you listen this long because this is going to be a long episode for you. So you need to text me back, what color is the can of Coke? And also to our other listeners, well, let's get into a little bit trivia here. What I want you to do is tweet to us at Norm Sucks Podcast who scored the first goal of the Wild versus the Sharks for tonight's game, the opener of the Minnesota Wild at home 
who scored the first goal for the wild versus the sharks. The first person to tweet us at norm sucks podcast with the correct answer. We're going to send some swag your way. I'm not saying what it is, but we have some swag and we're going to send it your way. So pay attention, hit us up on Twitter. First right answer. We'll send you some swag. Yep, as always, we always got you. So that's going to be something fun we started out. Obviously, Twitter is our main handle. So hit us up at Norm Sucks, S-U-X. And uh, at Froves at uh, J Rhodes Real. Yep. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, We'll talk to you next week. Bye. I want to thank everyone for checking out our podcast. Look forward for more episodes. Also find us on Twitter and Instagram at norm sucks podcast thank you have a good day